Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I couldn't help but thought about uh, perspective, and uh, this whole month is kind of about perspective. It's uh, kind of uh, helping you think about, you know, okay, last week was hearing God, and this week is kind of looking at a perspective coming from you. We're wanting you, many of you. We've already got, I think, two, maybe three. He, uh, Sean is over in Children's Park. If he can get free, he's going to come share just a word. But a perspective about what you see that God could do in this church in the future. A perspective that would show you the excitement of you buying into that future. Not just being in that future, but buying into it. Like... I think I can make a difference in this area. And uh, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit, and then some of you are going to be sharing. Um, but I was just thinking about why I'm here. You know, we were, there were, seemed like God had not spoken in America for years. And then there, there came about during my generation the Jesus movement, which started out in California, and of course, I don't know if you realize it, but really, out of the Jesus movement, the vineyard was birthed. And uh, those hippies, and we've got a few of them in our church, but not many, but those hippies started coming off of that beach and coming to church literally by just the Spirit of God. Uh, Carol Wimber used to share how just walking down the street, uh, people would actually come out, not even knowing them, and say, would you pray for us? We're feeling convicted. Now, we haven't seen that in a long time, have we? Uh, but the point was, there was a movement of God, and people were literally experiencing God. Now, usually what happens then, there, there's a quiet time then. I, I think you have to realize, if God kept the emotional level, as in the Jesus movement, up that level all the time, it would become ho-hum. But see, then He lets... He lets Actually, let's darkness come. And you that are Christians, I still live on the experience I had back there at nine. I still live on that. And then the coming of the Holy Spirit in the Nazarene movement when I experienced that, I still live on that. But yet, I haven't experienced it like that in years. It's kind of a, it, it, it seems quiet. And yet we sing those songs, we know you're coming, we're expecting you to come, and truly in my heart, I'm just kind of like, okay, when is that going to happen? Because I'm expecting it again. See, once you've experienced something, experience always trumps fact. It always does. And denominations are built on many times facts until they experience. And once they experience, sometimes they, they confuse it with the way it should always be or should everybody should believe this, and like the Pentecostal movement. And really the Vineyard movement is actually... It did more for the world probably than any movement that's ever happened. You don't hear of it that much because it affected, it affected other denominations and moved in. I, I would say, of course, there's other movements 
I mean, of course, the Pentecostal movement is huge. And if you looked at numbers, probably not as much. But in the overall changing of the church, the vineyard has affected every denomination in the world. They've all looked to the vineyard for better understanding of the receiving of the Holy Spirit. They changed the Pentecostal people tremendously from this area that you've got to receive the Holy Spirit to go to heaven, you might say, to receiving that we can all receive the Holy Spirit and have power. So there's a tremendous change. But I, I'm, I'm saying this one word. Their whole perspective was changed because of what they experienced. And today I'm kind of talking about perspective. Forget the former things. God wanted to give me a new perspective. I don't know if you've bought one of the new apples, watches, I mean uh, the Apple phone. Uh, I've noticed they're trying to change our perspective. Have you noticed that? They have all these things on internet, tell you about this phone, what it'll do, how it charges. I mean, this goes on and on. And I clicked on that the other day because I actually want one. But can't afford it since you're firing me. But I, I mean, I, 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 I want one. And uh, I noticed that, man, it was just bang, 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 bang. And the, by the time I got to the end of that commercial, I thought, this phone is worth whatever I have to pay for it. See, it changed your perspective. I know some of you shaking your head, no, because you're still using one of the little analogs. I mean, you know, but anyway, uh, I'm just telling you that's what the world wants to do. They want to change your perspective so you'll believe this. And so today we're going to hopefully that you will share some things that will change our perspective about what we see in the future. Where you see us going. And it's all by perspective. If you look at one thing from this side, it's, it's like, no, not so good. From this side, great. A difference in perspective. How many would say Michael Jordan was a success or a failure? Some of you would say he's a success. But have you realized that he shot, he, shot, he missed more than 9,000 shots in his career? Do you realize that 26 of the game-winning shots he missed? Do you realize that he lost 300 games in his career? Look at it from that perspective. He wasn't that great a player. But you look at it from this perspective, he was probably the best basketball player that's ever played in America or anywhere in the world. Do they have basketball in other countries? Nah, don't look. But perspective. Thomas Edison, I mean, just like it or not, his teacher told him he was too dumb to learn anything. His mother took him home and said, well, I'll see what I can do. Actually, he got fired from his first two jobs for being so non-productive. And it took him over 1,000 unsuccessful attempts to invent a light bulb. From perspective, you might say, failure. From our side, we look at it much different. I, I just have to notice that, I don't know if I'm saying the name right, Jonas Salk, S-A-L-K, uh, the polio vaccine. He did 200 vaccines that did not work. Somebody said, how do you feel that you failed 200 times? And he says, I was not a failure. I just found 200 vaccines that don't work perspective. And I believe in, with all of my heart, our perspective of where we're going and what you see and what you feel in your heart can change the whole future. There was two groups of people 
One said, I mean, they both said, it's a great country. It's full of milk and honey. I mean, it is a great place to be. And one group said, but man, there's giants. We can't take that country. Even though God said we could, I don't believe it. And they begin to grumble and complain. There was another group just right by them, and they said, oh, it's a great country, and we can take it. Because God said we could. And I think today, that's what I kind of want you to get a hold of. Where is your perspective for the future? And then next Sunday, actually, Joel and I are going to be sharing our perspective kind of for the future. And then the next Sunday, Danelle and Joel will be sharing more of that perspective, kind of looking at where do we see we can go? Because until we all begin to buy into the future, you won't be in that future. Let me give you just a word of warning. I probably ought to give this at the end. But did you know that group of people that grumbled and said, we can't take it, we want to go back to Egypt, please give us a leader that will take us backward. Did you know God got so mad, because that's the tenth time they had got grumbling, and God said, I've had it. Did you know there comes a time with our attitude that God says, that's enough. we got to be careful, you see what I'm saying? You know what Moses did? He said, oh God, please forgive these grumbling people. God said, okay, I will. Isn't that nice? But he said, not one of them will ever go into Canaan. There's a price for not believing God can do all things. There's a price when God has spoken and he's moving. When God is there, there's a price. I know we don't have anybody here like that, but I'm just saying, if you even hear your neighbor say, you know, say, hey, shut that up. Okay. No, I'm just saying, God wants to take us on, and that's got to be our perspective. And God has about, doesn't it say God can do all things? Doesn't it say I'll be with you even to the very end? I mean, doesn't the Scripture say I am the God that created heaven and earth? Trust me. He won't do it the way you're probably saying He should do it or the way I want Him to do it necessarily, but God wants the people that will trust Him and move forward. Now, I'm excited about some of you sharing this morning because uh, uh, I believe it's important that we buy in. Now, be thinking about you're going to be sharing. Some of you need to start. And I'm, as a matter of fact, I was going to start with Amanda, but our children's worker right now, Sean, has come over here, and I told him whenever I saw him come in, I would try to recognize him so he can get back over there with those kids. Sean, you want to come on up and share? Did I ever get that microphone from whoever had it? Uh, oh. Beth had it. Uh, she's going to be sharing later, too. Come on up, Sean. I want you to stand right up here on the platform. If you're nervous, you can sit down. If you, if you don't want to sit down, you don't have to. I'm going to let you hold that, but if you go too long, I'm going to be grabbing it. So don't worry about that. Just take your time. All right. Okay. Well, usually I don't ever do this, so I feel Jeremy standing up here is not really the thing we do or I do. <clears throat> but a village has been talking about uh, just trusting in the Lord and um, – so we're just really just making ourselves available. And so what came about was the children's church. And at first they asked us just to help out for one weekend. And we ended up doing it. Didn't know what was going on. Just followed the criteria. is real easy. And uh, they ended up liking us a lot, you know what I mean? So for whatever reason, they thought we were cool. But they really do like us. Thank you. And um, so really just making yourself available and trusting in the Lord. So 
Like, that's what we just pray and pray. Like, whatever he wants us to do, wherever he wants us to go, like, you know, just let us know. And um, he brought us to the children's ministry. And uh, the more we prayed about it, the more excited we got. And for me, I related back to, like, when I was in, like, that age, you know, the things I went through and wishing that someone could explain the things I would be dealing with, like, later down the line. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm a little nervous. But... um so that's what I feel like he put in front of us is that I went through all these things. So now it's my job and chance to share with them about the mistakes I made. And hopefully they wouldn't make the same mistakes, you know, meaning help them through those mm-hmm. tough times. Um, you know, the Lord's good to us and we're just a little thankful for everything he does for us. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for this church. And I think I see Miss Kay over here. She's one actually the first people I met when I moved to Brenham. Miss <laughs> Kay, how you doing? But uh, just really, at the end of the day, just praying about what he wants to do in your life. You know, it could be anything. And uh, just making yourself available. And now we're in Dennis's, or actually Lane's group, the Lane's group, Jackson Street homies. You know, so we're just the ones come in on Sunday, grab some coffee, grab some donuts, and we're out, you know, watching football by 1230. But, you know, but just making yourself available is really huge, and he'll work in your lives. And I mean, just the things that he blesses us with. Like, when we make ourselves available, it's absolutely crazy. Like, things you can't explain, the things you want to explain to people, but they, if they don't have faith, they're just like, oh, well, it's coincidence. Like, nothing in my life is a coincidence. Like, it's God's will. And um, I'm just my own worst enemy sometimes, you know. But, um, you know, I'm really thankful for this church. And just, like I say, just pray about it. And whatever he wants you to do, I suggest you do it. Because, you know, eventually he's going to get you. And then you're going to be like... <laughs> you know, 30-something years old, and I'm just, like, made all these mistakes, but the grace of God, he's brought me back, and I think it's my duty to talk to these kids and help them with these tough questions, and I'd rather work with them now instead of, like, when they're 16, 17, and the hard, hard questions come up, so it's good practice for me now because they're, you know, when they're 16, 17, that's some intense stuff, but I'm I'm in it, in it for the long run for sure. Like, I've been telling... Joel, man, and we're in it for the long run. Even my job, like, goes south. I'll go figure something out. We're staying here for good. So I appreciate everyone. And, like, my family, I don't know why I'm so nervous. Like, you guys are all my family, but there's all these lights and whatnot. So, like I just said, uh, pray about it. And uh, whatever he wants you to do, I suggest you move because you're going to move one way or another. And uh, you're not going to like it if you are stubborn like me. You know what I mean? He's going to pick you up off the ground. And after you've been ran over a few times, and like... You want to do it my way, your way, and this is where I'm here, and, uh, and thank you guys for everything and all the support you guys do time and time again, and thank you guys, and thank you for Pastor Villard. God bless you. Thank you. I'm excited about you guys. Yeah. Be praying for the children's ministry. Always be lifting them up. That's a challenge. Uh, we, we got to spend some time in there. The kids said we were the greatest, though, that they'd ever had. Of course, I made them promise they'd tell their parents that. Uh, I'm so excited about sharing, y'all sharing. You know, that, that to me is, is exactly what we need to hear. Here's somebody who's hearing God speak to them. God's calling them. And uh, I want you to hear Amanda share right now. And uh, are you pregnant? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. 
Food baby. Food baby. Okay. Now, actually, I was I was gonna say that I'm actually three months to the day away from meeting this little one whenever she decides to come. So, um, so I've been coming to church here for I guess about eight and a half years, and um, started coming to church here just shortly after Jeremy and I reached our first anniversary, and he was still in Iraq um, at that time. So. Kind of a joke at, at one point was that, you know, do you even really have a husband? Because I think I came to church here for maybe four years or something before he ever was even really able to come because he was deployed or he was in the field or there's all kinds of things going on. And so I kind of just hang, hung out, you know. And um, so I've had the opportunity to be here for a long time. And, you know, we've been talking a lot this last year really heavily about transition and it is a transition, but the reality of it is, is the time that I've been here, I've really seen a lot of transitions go on. And so I think this is just another one that's happening. And, and I think that's the way that God really grows his kingdom. And, um, you know, being in leadership, <clears throat> I'm over the education area. So I work with all the kiddos up to age 18. I work with adult education. I'm supposed to work with adult education, but Dennis kind of has that handled you know, right now. So we just need to get more people in to do those Bible studies because they're pretty awesome. Um, I'm really bummed that I haven't been able to come more because it's really a great group and there's really a lot of opportunity there going forward. And so that's one of the things that I hope to see is that, you know, more opportunity for us as adults to get into some more areas of education, whether that be the Bible literacy piece. Um, We also have tons of opportunities in education for ministry, for discipleship, for healing. There's lots of really great things that go on that are going on right now. And some of you I know have been in those things. And I see that, you know, we're going to have some growth you know, we have growth with new little ones coming, and we have growth with people that we're going to bring in that maybe have never been to church before. And so it's an opportunity for us as a body to learn to deal with people that, you know, have really different walks of life than we have. And it gives us an opportunity to have compassion for those people and to really teach them what Jesus is about and to really teach them you know, this is what being a Christian looks like. It's not all the stuff that's on TV that they talk about, oh, well, such and such Christian group and did this, and such and such Christian group did that. And, oh, well, they're just the left-wing Christian, whatever conservatives or the right-wing conservatives or whatever all that stuff is that, you know, everybody gets lumped into that. You know, the reality of it is, is that's because we're all following these guys or these gals that are, you know, leading, maybe not really in the right way, But we're here to serve Jesus, and we're here to serve God, and it's our job to love our neighbor as ourselves, and it's our job to love God before all else. And so us as the body of Christ, you know, we've had some really good models in Diane and Villard to love people around us, to love people from backgrounds that we can't really relate to, but we have opportunities to love them. And Joel and Danelle are coming up, and they're going to continue that and show us how to love. And, uh, you know, kind of speaking off of what Sean said, you know, he's reaching out, and him and Glory are really speaking into these kids. They're working with 10 and 12-year-olds. And I don't know if you noticed this morning, but I think there were six little bodies back there. They were all little boys. And I think we have two girls right now 
that's in that air three. There's three girls that are in that age group right now, but the rest of them are boys. And so that's a huge opportunity for the men to really speak into that age group. That's huge. That's huge that we really need to be speaking to those kids. They're going to grow up to be the men in the kingdom and they're going to hopefully we can raise them up to be leaders in this body. And, you know, just one call I have out for y'all is right now we don't have a youth program here. Youth starts at age 13. We have a boy who just turned 12. Well, here in another year, we need to have a youth program in place. And not just for that kid and not just for the other kids that are about to be 13 because we have some more coming up but for their friends and for other kids that just find out about, hey, they need a place to come and hang out. We've had a lot of different times in this church where we've had these huge youth groups and we've had smaller ones and we've had growth again. And we made the decision as leadership to kind of take a step back from that for a little bit so that we could really get a good foundation in our children's ministry. And we're really working hard on that. We've had a lot of people volunteer we want more. But I mean, I think that's part of talking about the transition is that we're really kind of wanting to put some effort into that area. And we need youth because just like Sean said, the 16 and 17 year olds, they have hard questions. Well, so do the 13, 14 and 15 year olds too. And so do the 18, 19 and 20 year olds, you know, and we have a college right down the road. I work there. I see these kids all the time. And some of them, maybe they have Jesus. I don't really know. I don't talk to them about it. But the clothes I see, I question a little bit. You know, just saying. Because I work in a building where there's classes and there's administrative offices, and so we see a lot of students come by. But, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for growth in areas for this church. And the only way for us to continue to grow as the body of Christ is to reach in to those areas where we can grow and to reach outside the walls of this church because the church is wherever you take Jesus with you, and that's everywhere. Um, And so that's something, too, just with my own story. You know, I grew up in a church, and I never knew anything about having a relationship with Jesus or having a relationship with God until I came to this church. And I would probably say I've been a Christian pretty much my whole life. I can't really give you a pinpoint, you know, aha story because I don't really have one, but... I've known about Jesus the whole time. I went to a Lutheran college. Um, but that's something that I'm excited for is the foundation that Diana Villard helped build for me when I came here and met them. And the foundation, we're going to continue to build upon that and continue to strengthen that foundation. And, you know, there's a little bit of remodeling, you know, physically, Amen. spiritually. But, you know, you need that. Nobody wants to live in their 1965 kitchen forever. I mean, maybe you do, and if, that, if you do, that's cool. You know, I'm not judging or anything, but usually, you know, orange countertops aren't your favorite, right? So I think that's, that's probably Amen. what I've got to say. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Perspective. I think Sean helped us see that uh, we need to move forward in our thinking and our perspective about... Uh, children's ministry didn't he I mean I don't know I just I'm not sure I heard all he said but I heard his heart and uh, he's excited about kids I think I I hear her sharing with us that it's good to have 
change. Change causes us to challenge ourselves, to look at things, to relook at things, to, to get ready for the future and realize we need to plug into that future. And all that helps us a lot. And, and God has done a lot in a lot of our lives. Uh, and I think He wants to use us more and more and more. And some of the things we need to work through are the fears we have about future things. I mean, we all have fears, don't we? I mean, we all deal with fears, like what's going to happen? How's this going to happen? How's this going to take place? And we have to work through those fears. But that's okay. I mean, without having some fears, you're not getting real. But if we keep looking at things through that window of fear, we'll never see what God could do. And perspective is everything. Look through this window, looks to hope. Look through this window, hope beyond hope. The impossible is right there. And so somebody that's really been changed in our church, she was a bad person at first. Now she's become a beautiful, wonderful person. That's a testimony from her husband. No. She's always been a sweet person ever since I've met her. Beth Moore, all of us have met Beth Moore, haven't she? She's on the big screen. Ever. Come on up, Beth, and share with us. I don't know how she should have said all that. I don't think I should have. You have to get up here, though, because, yeah. I know. I'm short. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. You're just... Now, th- how do I follow this? Amanda, you are such a good speaker. And I know Sean was nervous, but he did great. He did great. So, yeah. uh, what I had written on my notes to talk about, I've changed my mind. You can't do that. You but can't. I'm going to stay with some of it, okay? Sounds good. Uh, there were two verses that stood out to me this week that I read in some of my studies, and I want to share those with you, and I'll tell you why in a minute. It's Psalm 71.9. Do not cast me away when I am old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. And then Psalm 71.14. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Now I need to switch hands because I can't use this one very well. Um, Villard has talked about perspective, but I want to talk about my past a little bit. When Eric and I came here, I thought I was a Christian, and I thought I knew the Lord. But what I found out was that I really didn't know him on a personal level. And... Um, they kept offering this ultimate journey and I kept thinking oh I just don't think so Lord but Lord he kept prodding me and pushing me and so I finally said yes about a year and a half ago and I kept thinking what is this 70 something year old woman doing in this class with all these young people but these scriptures tell us that we are not too old. We're not too old to know. We're not too old to come to the Lord. We're not too old to have a relationship with God. And Chuck Swindoll is one of the preachers on the radio that I used to listen to every morning in Houston when I would drive in that traffic. And he said over and over and over, it's never too late to do the right thing. Something like that. And there were women in my life through the years that had so much peace and joy 
And you could just see it in their lives and on their faces. And I wondered, how do they do that? My life was in turmoil. And I just didn't feel that. But Eric and I came to Brenham seven years ago tomorrow. Uh, We moved here. And in February, right before Valentine's, I, I told him, I said, Eric, we need to find a church. Because we went to Grace Community uh, in Houston, a small Grace Community off of Campbell and I-10. And that church blessed our lives so much, but I missed it. And so I went to the Yellow Pages. We were there. And, and I said, God, you're going to have to show me what church. We had not had time to even look at other churches or even even figure out where they were. So I went to the Yellow Pages and I picked the vineyard. Take a moment to explain what Yellow Pages. I know. I knew that would. I knew that would come up. I told you I was old. So anyway, um, the vineyard stood out to me because of the name. And so we came, and I will never forget that day that Diane and Joan both came up, and we felt the true, genuine warmth and love. And I knew that I was where I needed to be. And we never went anywhere else. Joan kept saying, if we missed a Sunday, she'd call me and ask me if we went to the cowboy church. (laughs) (laughs) But all that to say that um, I did find the ultimate journey. And that's my vision for this church, that everybody not only take that, if you feel God nudging you to do that, but just have a, an opportunity to enrich your life and get closer to God. And we need that for some of us old folks that think we know it all. We don't know it all. And there's a lot that Villard and Diane are going to be doing for this church. And I look forward to being in their era and helping them with what their vision is. Uh, I think that we have uh, such a nice variety of ages here. And I just feel like this church is, is going to bless so many people in so many ways. And I'm excited about what I've learned um, in, in taking this course. And that's just one of the things that we offer here. The community groups are phenomenal. And uh, my vision for this church is that we continue to reach out to uh, the area. And I think we're going to grow by leaps and bounds. And I just, I feel so honored to be a part of this. Amen. We're honored to have you. Now, some of the rest of you did not sign up. A few of you. Uh, I may have missed it. You may have sent me four emails and I didn't read them. Uh, but if you would like to share, we're, we're not wanting looking back. We're wanting looking out. Uh, and that's exactly what she shared, what God had done in her life so that she can look forward to what God's going to do. Uh, Ultimate Journey actually was one of the big experiences of my life. And uh, 
Lavina was the teacher of that. She is mean, let me tell you. I tell you. I would not do my homework and it's like I wanted to say, wait, Lavina, I'm the pastor. Come on. Uh, she did not care. Anyway, uh, but it, it's a great course. It will go deep inside and, and really shine. Um, I, I, I want you to think about sharing. Now, some of the rest of you, uh, I want just to, uh, Don, you're wanting to share? Okay. Who else? How many more have I got here to come? Two. Okay. Anybody else over here? Anybody else in here? That's it. The time will be by, and you'll wish you to share. Yeah. And you'll get home and say, why didn't I share? Oh, that's good. Oh, no. no. You know, you, you blessed me immensely yesterday when you said hi to me. Anyway, um, uh, and we got another one there. Now, I can't go definitely in order here because I've already forgotten what the order is. Uh, I know you were first, so we'll kind of go there and there and ping around here. Uh, both of you going to share? Y'all have to really keep it short uh, to make all this happen. But uh, I hope that you will get a hold of the idea uh, I, I share two things. I share a very positive feeling in my spirit. On the other side, in Janice's book, you can still get that, she made a statement just stuck in me this week. It, it was called Creeping Dissatisfaction. And I went through a period when we decided to do this, I went through a creeping of dissatisfaction. Not with anything here, but with me with where I was going. And it just got worse and worse. And Diane, you know, she's seeing it and wanting to help me, but nobody can help it. I'm just moving, but it's creeping. I think defeat, discouragement creeps. And unless you, you, you hear something that changes that, and that's why I'm so interested in you hearing God. And I felt like God one day, back in our living room, I'm there working, uh, doing most of the housework, and uh, all of a sudden, I heard the voice of God say to me, could it not be to prepare you for something else? And I think I shared this last Sunday, but I'm just saying God changed everything in my spirit at that point, And I began to get excited about being a part of what God's going to do. And I'm not sure totally yet. So uh, come on up, Don, and uh, share what God is creeping into your life. He's feeling a lot better. I mean, he actually walks with some enthusiasm there. Boy, it's so good to see Oh, I'm, I'm a lot better than I was last time I was sitting back there, but Parker, and I just about yeah, fell out. I, saw, I remember that. Oh, I just want to be brief to let you know something happened to me this week that reinforced how important it is what happens outside of these four walls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a lady come by my office Friday because she wanted to meet me, and, and she told me her story. Her brother had already told me about it on the phone, and and she had had a bad accident, and uh, the Washington County EMS came out, and uh, I said, well, who came to rescue you? Was it Katie Podesva? She said it was. And she said she saved my life. Whoa. She had the foresight, because of the nature of the accident, to bring blood with her on the ambulance. And then she called and said, we need more blood. you got to get here quick. And they took her to Brian. They just had to keep putting blood in her, and they life-flighted her to Houston. And uh, she came to my house yesterday and shared more. And as a result of that, she went from being uh, in death's door. She had a priest giving her last rites, basically, in the hospital. And then um, she was saved, and both physically and spiritually. Wow. And, and she now has a walk with God, I think, a lot because of her. Amen, amen. So never underestimate 
the importance of representing Jesus outside of these walls. And you know, I just add to that, it's, this is a good church to grow old in. It is. If you fall over right now, we got people to help you. Right there. Honey. Well, and somebody had the wisdom, like Kay, to have my wife take me to the ER because she, my wife wasn't going to do it. She just... <laughs> Joan. Joan does have a, a head of her own. A will of her own. It's a good will, though. Yeah. Okay, now, coming right, I think you all are really the second hand I saw. And uh, I, I knew there'd be people wanting to share. I, uh, I appreciate those that gave me some hope during the week. Uh, okay, so I've been noticing here lately, like what particularly last week, that now that you're on your way out, you, you seem to have a lot more energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> makes me feel like 10 more years here. Yeah. Oh, at, yeah. Well, at least, I, right? <laughs> sitting back there, I think I can handle 10 more years. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, I'm really not old. Perspective. Uh, my, here lately, uh, it's been hitting me hard on going out and, mm. and, uh, and touching people, reaching people in, uh, outside the church. Amen. Yeah, talking to people, and um, I got to thinking about if we were to send a thousand flyers out and get five people to come to church, that's pretty low return. Um, what if I could go out and myself, one person, go out and get five people to come, or just touch them, and they don't have to come, just touch them, bless them. So, uh, so I got, so I'm thinking. Crap, am I supposed to be like some kind of equipping evangelist or something? Because if so, that's really freaking me out right now. Because <laughs> I, I have never felt like I'm some kind of evangelist by any means, but that keeps coming and coming and coming to me. So anyway, that's just something I want us to think about as a body, is um, the people are out there, and they need, they need Jesus. They need to know God's love, and they need to know that there's people in this world who have Jesus who can love them and care about them. So... Amen. Good, good. We really enjoy transition. If you haven't noticed, we have a lot of children, which is, I'm not going to lie, yesterday I was like, is there a line on the pregnancy test? Yes, no. I think no. I, I don't know. I can't tell yet, but I think no. Um, but yeah, we like transition. It's always hard. It's always difficult. There's always crazy things through adoption, through having babies. Getting married was very hard for us. But it's really exciting to go through a transition, truly. And so I'm excited about being a part of the transition of this church, excited about Joel and Danau. And part of my heart personally is to support my pastors. Um, no matter what, through thick and thin, and we've already had nice conflicts and stuff, which only tells me that, you know, the enemies after that, and because that is one of my biggest personal desires, is to... Ryan and I both, really, is to be a support to our pastors no matter what the church goes through or any, I figure they'll probably have lots of conflict if they're anything like Villard and Diane. <laughs> Just messing with you. Um, Let's don't get too honest, you know. <laughs> but also, um, I also have a desire like Ryan. I mean, we really like to touch people outside of the church, and we don't often invite people here, and maybe we should do that more, but we really have a heart to go out and touch people and pray for people and just care for people outside of the church. 
I also have a heart to train people within the church to do that and to pray for people and to really meet people where they're at and care for people. So anyway, we're looking forward to the transition. We've had an awesome 12 years here with Villard and Diane. Love them with all of our heart and are excited about our future with Joel and Danelle as our pastors. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the Bible said over a hundred times, fear not. So as we move forward, let's go with what he's saying, fear not. Okay, I think, uh, I, was, I think, Kay, you were probably, as I looked across, think you were next. You want to come on up? And then let's see, Kenny, you had your hand up. Okay. And who else had their hand up that I missed? Okay, okay, okay. Kay. Hi. You are a great actress. Did you know that? Yes. Wow, she is so good. I laugh so hard. We're not talking oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, no accolades. That's right. Let's just go. I didn't really want to get up here, but God kept laying it on my heart this morning. First thing I want to say is, though, aren't y'all excited? Does, does it not make you excited when you see young people in our church get excited about transition? Amen. That just makes me, like, pumped. Like, I'm really excited. What I wanted to mention is God said this to me this morning. Mm. Stop looking in the past. Lay your foundation on what's coming ahead of you. And Villard and I had talked about this many years ago. I'm not sure that you even remember this oh, conversation. But um, <laughs> we had talked about uh, joining forces, you know, with some of the other churches in town, whoever is available and, and chooses, but to be resources for one another. Uh, in other words, things like, when you have children's ministry or you have ladies' ministry or men's ministry, we're not inventing the wheel. Yes. Other churches have done studies and they have materials and they have things that they would be willing to share with us, that we'd be willing to share with them, etc., etc. All it takes is somebody to put that together. And God has laid this on my heart for a long, long time. Mm. And now I hear our church really talking about this. And I hear people from other churches saying, making the same comments that you just made, Ryan, about going out and touching people, getting that face-to-face kind of, of love that Amanda talked about. Loving, that's our job, just loving on people. And so... My job is very clear to me. My, my job is to organize. And so that's my commitment Amen. to the church, Amen. whatever that looks like for the transition team. And, um, and I hope that everybody will get as excited as Ryan and Kristen mm-hmm. and Villard and myself and yes. everybody that's excited about what's coming forward. That's what I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think y'all need to form a team, you know, and start putting some things together there. Yeah. I think that's how it gets done. Parker? Is your name Parker or is it Floyd? Yes. Floyd is first name? No. No? Parker's first name? Yes. I was looking that up. I'm putting together an email deal for the men's ministry. I couldn't figure out what name to put first in the bracket. I said... 
is he Floyd or is he Parker? Or who is he? I know he's Kay's husband, but that's all I can remember. Oh, that's good enough. Okay. That's terrible. <laughs> I, thank you for sharing. Uh, I'm excited about that, those sharing, those possibilities of what God can do. Uh, a church is very weak if it's, it's, if it's an island to itself. It, it's vulnerable for so many problems that could come. Kenny, come on up. And uh, God's done a lot in Kenny's life, and he's yeah, made a um, big difference. I'm a cancer survivor because of prayer. And when I got diagnosed, Kurt asked me if I needed a prayer. Before I had any treatment, he prayed the Holy Spirit took the pain away before I had any treatment. Mm. And I know God is here, and I know he's going to continue to work here. And I know that's a little bit about the past, but I know he's here, and I know he's working here. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. That's right. <laughs> you're, you're going to be a part of that future, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's being trained in uh, T- uh, transformation prayer ministry. He's been trained in there. Him and Patty both are there. Uh, this is the results of an organized 101 joining our church. They got married at 101, you know? I mean, <laughs> amazing miracles happen at 101. Coming up shortly, you could get married too at 101. <laughs> it can happen. Okay. What's the big reality? What's the big reality? God. God is the reality. Everything else is a little R. Everything else is just there, but God is the big reality. And I, I believe it, as we move forward into that, we've got to look at the big reality. I, I somewhat, we had some young people share, but sometimes I like to hear even younger people share. Because I'm finding this next generation, my grandkids are there. And the only thing I pray for my grandkids is, I, is God keep them alive until they experience you. Don't let, don't let them get run over until they experience you. God, they got to go to heaven. I mean, they got to make it somehow. And keep them safe until they can experience God. And I, I so want the next generation to experience. And I, I don't, I don't want to miss moving forward with what God's doing. I meet so many young people that really get me excited. Uh, we just had a young couple stay in the bed and breakfast and just talking to them. I never knew, they never told me they were Christian, but you just felt Christianity, Christ coming out of their life. And I, I just so excited, just barely graduated from A&M. A&M changed their life. No, Jesus changed their life. But they met each other at A&M. And, and just so exciting when you see these young couples that know Jesus and are going that way. Reality. And that's where I'm living. I'm living in that reality. And I'm not going to let defeat, discouragement creep into my life and take over what I believe is going to happen. Here's the thought that entered my mind. It's kind of from a person that says yes to suicide. That's the same thing the people did coming out of Egypt. They said yes to suicide. They said yes to hopelessness. See, when you decide not to move into the future and go with what God is doing, you'll never know what you miss. You'll never know because you're not going to be there. I want to be in the future. 
I want to be a part of that. And so I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not going to commit hopelessness in my life. I'm not going to let defeat creep in because why? I got the big R. And I know there's going to be a great future. God's not limited to any of us. I mean, heck, if, if, if there's any hopelessness, it should have been when I started. And you can't take a country person and make him, you know, that's really why we had to move from Little Rock. We did not feel we fit there. We had to come up here with some country folks. We could speak wash and all those good things. I mean, I did. I felt I fit when I moved into this community compared down there. But I'm just telling you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're negative, if you let the creeping come in, I think you can't, can't imagine if negativism will make you miss the positive. If you want to go out, if, you, if you're going to live in defeat, you'll never see the victory because you're looking to everything through defeat. And I can't imagine what could have happened to that generation that never got to go into Canaan. And I believe there's been churches all across the country of the United States that never got to go into the promised land. And somehow they decided to commit suicide. They decided I don't believe it can happen. I don't want to put the effort forward. I don't want to pay that price. So they committed suicide. Because we died there. But boy, those kids, you know what? They saw the death of mom and dad. They saw the disbelief, and they saw that. And they, they came up, and they went across that Jordan River, and they went in, and they became warriors and fought and won and conquered. Yes, later fell into sin again. But it was some great days. I am looking for some great days. And I'm going to be a part of it. And I'm going to be a part of encouraging and, and believing and, and looking through a filter that says all things are possible. Now, I don't know. There may have been somebody else that held their hand up. Did I miss you? Mm, who was it? Did Kurt hold your hand up? Oh, I didn't think I'd have missed you. <laughs> Anybody else? I'm sorry, it's over. Okay, uh, if you'll stand with me, it's right now 12 o'clock, and most of you uh, can't miss those football games. You know how that goes. I mean, I'm not speaking to you. You've got the wrong perspective is what I'm saying. Uh, God isn't in football. You know that. You, you can pray for the right team, but it's not going to work. Just tell you, prayer for teams don't work. You believe that? No, Okay. How many of you pray for the Texans? Do you pray for them? No. You should pray they find Jesus Christ. You should pray they become a witness for our land, our country, for Jesus Christ and everybody. You should pray for them for that. I better get out of this. Okay. <clears throat> Lord, I'm looking through eyes that are totally filled with hope and faith and belief. And I so want to be a part of that. I know there's going to be times I'll get hit with negativism and hopelessness and defeat and discouragement. That'll come across us over and over. And as Joel and Danelle start helping us focus on that future next Sunday. No, as Joel and Villard start helping us focus on that next Sunday. Lord, we're excited that we can start looking because you are the big R. And we can be excited for the future. We can be excited for this city. We can be excited for our kids. We can be excited about a youth program that will be here. We can be excited because we're looking through you, Jesus. 
And you said we can do all things through your strength and your power in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Take time to talk, fellowship. And if you need prayer, you can always come up. We'll be waiting up here. We'll pray with you. God bless you.